You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Proof Text. I'm Fred Long and I'm with my friend, Michael Halcombe. How are you doing, Michael? I am well. Thank you for asking. Um, good to be back recording. Yeah. Yeah, right? sure is. Sure is. Uh, and you're in your yurt. So there's this kind of funky background and it's got a heart, a sun kind of shadow thing that's casting from, from the top of your yurt. So how, how appropriate is that? Mm. Well, uh, we're continuing our study of Galatian, Galatians. And so Proof Text is a podcast dedicated to interpreting God's word and thinking about its theology and our devotion uh, today and application so we're, we're working through Galatians, we're right at verse 14, and we'd like to begin with Michael reading the text, and then we're going to try to pull it apart and uh, comprehend what, what Paul is saying. Yeah. All right, here we go. This is what it sounds like in Greek. Ke proekopton endo judaismo hyperpolus sune likiotas Indo yanimo, perisoteros zelotes yparchon ton patrikonmu paradoseon. All right. Mm, so, I imagine that had a little bit more like flair when he was saying it than when I just said it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hard to you know. It's important to consider the tone. Yeah, for sure, and uh, stress. Um, and what, what we're having here is a continuation of verse 13 by way of the ke. By way of the ke and the, the first verb there, the second word, pro ek kopton, is also marking continuation because it's agreeing mm-hmm. in tense with the previous two verbs, ediokon and eporthun which are both imperfect, tense, active, uh, first singular indicatives. So Paul is in a narrative here. He this isn't a this, this verb, the, pro, uh, the proekopton, um, as an imperfect tense verb, I don't think is marking like beginning, but rather, uh, or inception, but rather like continuation, right? The idea of yeah. like... I kept, I was continually, repeatedly, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I was advancing. Yeah, and the verb, so you have in verse 13, he was exceedingly persecuting the church of God or pursuing the church of God and destroying it and advancing. So verse 14, and advancing in Judaismos. Judaismos. What is that? He was advancing in Judaism. Mm. Is that like the culture of being um, a a Jew? Or actually, our BDAG, our lexicon says Judaism. (laughs) Judaism. That's, uh, and that that makes it um, more geographically specific, doesn't it? the Judean way of belief and life. Hmm. So a life that has is focused around Jerusalem and, and, and Judea. And this kind of gets us to 
our translation work in John's gospel. Do you remember some of that? Yeah, yeah. We we were looking mainly yeah. at this term as as um, in relation to religious officials within yes. Judean or Jewish uh, sects or religion at the time, right? Yeah. So the word Jews that was being used across John's gospel has has a more specific connotation as as a official judean officials i think is how we we translated it so paul was advancing and this word advancing prokopto this verb prokopto is actually a technical term for uh philosophical educational advancement so people hearing this letter who understood about philosophy would understand that paul is speaking about advancement in a certain teaching context, like a certain uh, philosophy, like a way of life that's comprehensive. And of course, ancient philosophy was was concerned primarily with ethics and even theology to a certain extent, like the nature of the gods and so and, and living properly. So uh, and, and, and politics, so ancient philosophy was very comprehensive. We tend to think of it as like esoteric and not connected to life but it was very much connected to all aspects of life and, and, and the rubber hitting the road. So, um, so yeah, he's talking about advancing in, in Judaism or Judaism. Now, I, I think this is actually, from a rhetorical standpoint, I also think it's a play on words um, having to do with one of the major themes of the entire letter, uh, which, which is circumcision so you have this this crew coming in behind paul attempting to undermine what he has been teaching about circumcision namely that to be a legitimate christ follower or uh, someone you know part of the jesus movement um that circumcision was necessary but paul's coming along and saying no that's not at all the case um, and later he'll talk about a circumcision of the heart, but this, uh, you've been talking about this verb, kopto or prokopto, it has the, the kopto bit in it. And, and later on in Galatians 5.12, uh, we'll get a similar um, kind of term. There we get uh, apokopto um, or apokopsonde, but it has that same sort of root that copto root which has to do with cutting and there in galatians 5 12 paul says sort of one of the meanest or most aggressive things that he could say which is i wish that the troublemakers would cut the whole thing off or like mutilate themselves go ahead and castrate themselves um so i think there's a, a play on words going on here in uh 114 with the copto he was cutting in um, there's this whole imagery of, of cutting. And I think the picture here is perhaps of a race, right? Like a foot race and Paul is cutting, he's weaving in and out. He's, he's cutting off uh, his, his other compatriots of, of the religion and sort of cutting in front of them. So there's this whole play with, with cutting going on in, in Galatians. And I think this is one of the, the word plays right here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd have to think about that. 
because the word has such a, a, a common meaning on um, just philosophical progress. Like you can find a treatise by Plutarch on progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So and- well, I, don't, I don't doubt that, but I, I just think it's, it's like sort of the perfect word to use in, in this context where you're speaking so much about circumcision. And then later we'll use a, a very, I think very much related term with that. Uh, apple. apple. Yeah, yeah, apple culture that yeah. has that copto root, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think that might be where we get our word like helicopter, right? That copto, that that sort of cuttingness going on in there. Circle, um, circle cutting, heli, or yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or yeah, Helios is the sun. Um, okay, so he's advancing, cutting in front in Judaism, Huper polus. Uh, beyond many of his soon elekiotas, um, contemporaries. Um, yeah, and that word contemporaries is really interesting because the word um, elekiot, uh, the, the root there means like maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, so elekia is maturity. Yeah, it just means maturity. Elekia, maturity, age, lifespan. It shows up in Ephesians 4.13, uh, where Paul talks about growing up into Christ, who uh, is the Son of God, the perfect man, to the full, uh, to the stature of the fulfill, the measure of the stature. Yeah, growing up into the measure, the standard of the stature, maturity, of the fulfillment of the Christ. So this word is a word of like maturity. It can be used of positive maturity. And here... It's got a soon at the front, which means uh, together. So together, matured. And then it's got a, an ending, tase. When you see a noun ending in tase, um, it's like an occupational noun. It refers to a, a person uh, who does something. Mafe tase is a disciple. Nav tase is a sailor. Klep tase is a thief. So it's a word that designates a kind of person and, and sometimes even like an occupation. So yeah. these are p- contemporaries, people who are of the same maturity as Paul that are profiled here. So, and he says beyond, he was cutting in front of many, beyond many contemporaries in my Gani in his race. So yeah, the fact that he's kind of describing this to the Galatians, it's really describing it from an outside perspective so they can understand, I think, right? Because why would you say, why would you add that last qualifier in my race? Because that may imply that you could be, there could be someone advancing in Judaism, not in my race, not among my countrymen and women. Yeah, or just among my kind. Like, so what he's done right here is he's stacked three prepositional phrases. It's almost chiastic, yeah. right? So he's got the in prepositional phrase in mm-hmm. Judaism or Judaism, yeah. yep. and then beyond uh, many of my contemporaries or however you want to do that. And then back to the prepositional phrase and in my kind or 
Yeah. Uh, something to that effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the beyond many, there's a quantitative specification there, uh, which, you know, kind of begins to show how Paul is setting himself out, setting himself out from them, cutting in front of beyond many of them. And then in, in my race. Yeah. In yeah my- it's almost like if you think of it as a foot race, uh, he's cut in. He's like cut off or, you know, cut in on whoever he's racing. And then he's like just taken off in front of him. Right? Yeah. Like he's, he's out beyond them. Um, yeah. So it's an in- interesting uh, way he's, he's sort of conveying the imagery here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious because he was talking about pursuing Dioko, which mm-hmm. could be like a running, like a motion. And then you have the portho, which portheo, which is um, that's what I'm looking at. Does it ever have like a running? Is it like to run through and like overtake? But I'm looking at the classical lexicon. All I'm finding is it to destroy, ravage, or waste, plunder, um, besiege. It can be used of, of uh, besieging a town. Um, I was wondering if all these verbs are having like this running idea or not. You know, if there's like an extended metaphor. Or it seems like he's maybe shifted now to a real, like a, a running metaphor with pro copes toe. Yeah, he, he maybe is mixing metaphors or yeah. something to yeah. that effect. But uh, yeah. it is it is interesting. Um, so so Paul is on a rhetorical level. I think he and the and the next bit gives us a little more of this too. But um, he he's sort of laying out his pedigree, right? Yeah. Um, he, he's yeah. trying to be very, very clear about that. And he's not shy about uh, doing this sort of thing at all, yeah. right? He does this in Second Corinthians. He does this in Philippians. Um, although he sort of, in, in those instances, he does it in a very um, unexpected way. <laughs> He'll list sufferings, right, as his resume or his pedigree. But here he's actually appealing uh, to his ethnicity and yeah. his accomplishments. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. And then the next line, right, uh, go ahead and uh, talk to us well, about that. Well, let's go ahead. Before we move to the next, we'll, t- we'll hear from our sponsor. Ah, okay. Yep, let's do that. All right. So, yeah, hear this word from Glossa House. Looking for creative ways to launch your biblical language studies to the next level? We here at Glossa House create resources with you in mind. We've created a stock of innovative and cutting-edge audio, video, digital, and print resources to help you reach your language goals. Visit GlossaHouse.com to find what you've been looking for. Glossa House, language resources for the global community. Well, welcome back. We are in the middle of verse 14, and Paul is profiling his advancement in Judaism among his people beyond many of his contemporaries. And that's 14a. In 14b, we get a participle clause uh, that's hanging and elaborating 
on that main verb to advance or cut before. And it's the participle hoop arcon, hoop arcon, hoop ar, 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 uh, what is it? Hoop arco, which is, uh, it's a copula. Uh, it's an alternative that, one. You still got that rough breathing going on there. You don't need oh, that. Hoop arcon. I have a hard time with that. Hoop arcon. It's a copula. We don't often think of it as the copula. The copula we usually think as a imi or as yinome to be or become. All right. So n- not everybody's going to know what a copula is. What, yeah. what is a copula? It's the connector. Something is something. It's the is verbs. The is verbs. Okay. Imi to be, yinome to be or become. Although that sometimes can seem to almost be translated well into you know to happen or occur. But huparko also huparko also means to to be there to exist, um, to be present at one's disposal. So it's a little bit different than to be simply to be. It seems to have it seems to be profiling or construing uh, to be at hand or be present um, to be in a state or circumstance. So rather than equating two things together, joining in a, as a copula, it seems to have um, more uh, sense of to be there in, uh, in actuality, which, you know, is uh, not surprising since oop, upo uh, can be like the foundation, like to be under, and then arc, arco, there's a sense of rule or begin. Uh, so, so yeah, it has a little bit more of like a starting point or a reference point, but there's a slight difference. And so here, this participle, I mean, we often translate it as being, but there's there's a little bit more going on there. Um, more than just the verb, I think, imi. Because the imi participle form would be simply own, whereas this is up arcon which is, you know, it's three syllables long, right? So there, it takes more effort. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd like to try to tease out what, what more is, is communicated there. I, I think it's, it's more marked, but I'd have to think through what, what is being more marked there in this context. Being zealous, a zealot, there's the zelotes, there's the taste ending again. We saw on nouns as indicating um, a... a uh, and a, a kind of profession or person. In this case, Zelotes is a one who's committed to a cause, an enthusiast, adherent, or loyalist. And then you have the adjective, uh, I mean, an adverb, peris oteros, peris oteros, abundantly, uh, far more being a zealot. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and th- this may, may sound a little crazy to some people, but I think Paul is essentially, if you, if you wanted to like really catch the rhetorical like force of this, I think there's a sense in which you could like, hmm. you could almost compare Paul to like a member of ISIS here. He's essentially saying like, man, I was like ISIS level terrorist hmm. for my in all of this like i was advancing in judean religion i was like i cut ahead 
and was like way out in front of every like everybody on my level and of my own kind like i was i was essentially like uh an extreme zealot which today we would call a terrorist yeah yeah certainly an ideologue yeah Yeah. ideologue but i mean i guess his actions were were uh, very aggressive i mean he was arresting people to bring back to submit to some kind of trial i don't i don't know if he was yeah. if they were killed he was certainly approving of stephen's death in acts seven seven and eight um yeah he, he was he yeah. says in the previous verse like i was you know a, persecuting persecuting the church of god yeah. and attempting to destroy her yeah like this is her. this is nothing yeah and destroying her like this is like we have to be honest that Paul, I mean, Paul is being honest too. Like, look, I was terrorist level, like prior. Mm. 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 Yeah. And so now I'm thinking about who parcon as opposed to simply own. And I'm wondering if, if a translation like fundamentally being mm. right. If that's, what's not construed by use of that verb as opposed to emi right foundationally being uh more abundantly zealous of and then um this verb this noun zealous if you want to indicate what you're zealous uh what you're zealous of you'd indicate that by the genitive and that's what that's how the verse ends then it ends with a genitive noun paradoseon which is plural genitive traditions uh literally that which is given along mm-hmm. side so it's from didomi and para so para is like along and didomi to give so this is what's given along this is what's passed along this is like a technical term of of jewish tradition this is a term used all throughout mark as well to describe arrest isn't it like a handing a hand over. over yeah yeah Handed over, and and then, uh, yeah, uh, Judas. Ju- Judas is the um, para. What is it? It's built on that form as well. Yeah, um, he's the betrayer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this is paradosis. So this is it's interesting. Yeah, it means to hand along, and it can be positive or negative handing along. Uh, and so here, it's modified by mu. So, and then. Uh, Patricon, I think, my ancestral traditions. So being rather zealous or more zealous fundamentally, foundationally being more zealous of my ancestral fatherly customs or traditions. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. traditions is modified by Patricon and also by Mu. Yeah, Patricon Mu, which means ancestral, uh, has to do with uh, fathers and what's being passed along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, the picture here is, I, I, I feel like it's often just lost on us, the, the picture that Paul is trying to portray just... I, I don't know, we, I, I've talked about that before, how we have this, tr- this a tendency when we 
go to the scriptures and we th we think about the patriarchs, for example, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we tend to read them as these just models of uh, faith and exemplars. But when you go and you actually read Genesis, they were pretty pretty horrible people. <laughs> they were yeah. doing some, some really awful things. And if you just go one additional generation, right, if you go to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the next in line would have been Judah. And that's kind of on my mind because I'm preaching Genesis 38 uh, this week. And uh, boy, Judah does some some really awful stuff, uh, especially in Genesis 38 with Tamar. Um, and, you know, like those patriarchs, we, we tend to think of them as, you know, there's books written about sort of using the patriarchs as leadership models and I don't know, like, I feel like we do the same thing with the apostles, uh, but but Paul Paul has a more realistic view of himself than we often do of Paul, right? A more honest view, yeah. and here yeah. he's essentially saying, look, man, I was a terrorist, and I think if we undermine or downplay that or try to soften that, like, all we're really doing is then, then undermining the dramaticness of Paul's Damascus Road experience. Yeah, and how God is in the business of turning people around. Exactly. Yeah, and he's able to redeem. And that, that same, those same attributes of zealousness uh, of the ancestral traditions is going to be applied towards, you know, being one of the most amazing suffering through hardship mm -hmm. missionaries that the world has ever known. I mean, when I think about some of the sufferings that I have, and then I think about, well, what are, what are people around the world suffering through right now? And like people who bear the word of God or who are being thrown into jails and have nothing to sleep on, you know, they're sleeping on the ground and um, oh my goodness. And then I think about Paul, you know, he talks about sleepless nights and that kind of stuff and the beatings. I just say, Oh Lord have yeah. mercy. You know, what people have endured for you. Um, and how you've you've provided grace for them to do that. Yeah, I mean, he says he was the worst of sinners. And, you know, he can he can say that. You know, he can say that. And there's some sense that, you know, we all have been just awful. We really get to the bottom of it. What are the ways that we've hurt people, hurt ourselves, hurt loved ones through sins of omission, neglect, neglecting to do things, as well as commission, doing things. You know, it's been awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful, Michael. To think of him as uh, not just a zealot, but even um, how do you put it, a terrorist? A terrorist. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, um, do you have a parting thought for us today? Yeah, I do. Um, so this this says this is the rule of most perfect Christianity. Its most exact definition. Its highest point. Namely, the seeking of the common good. For nothing can so make a person an imitator of Christ as caring for his neighbors. That's mm. a fourth century quote from St. John Chrysostom. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you listening to this podcast, and we hope to have you listen to us next time as we continue with verse 15. Have a good day, Michael. 
All right, you too, Fred. Take care. Aloha.